This week on Not Just Another Sex Podcast. I have had a lot of sex I didn't want to have. Okay. Right? You know, to to your point about being violated, but also wanting to please a partner, mm-hmm. right? Wanting to give that because you love them and you want to yeah. please them in the ways that in, in a typical relationship would be present. And I got to a place inside of my marriage where I finally just was like, I can't, I can't, this is not sustainable. And polyamory for me was a lifeline because I was like, this is not a reason to give up my good ass man, my good ass marriage and my beautiful ass family because I don't want to have sex. Hey, sugar, you're listening to Not Just Another Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Samaya Burton. I've been a hands-on sexual educator for over five years through my company, Sexual Essentials. So I can tell you that being an adult absolutely has its perks. But now let's talk about just how hard adulting really is. Whether you're healing trauma, building healthy relationships, or figuring out how to create your own happiness, the truth is you may feel like you don't know what you're doing, but you're here now. And that's enough. Welcome back to Not Just Another Sex Podcast. My name is Samaya and I am your host and I'm super excited for today's episode. It has been in queue for almost the entire year that I have had this show. So we're getting around to every topic, every conversation, every guest. So I have Mickey Bay with me today. That's hey, it, right? Girl, hey, Bay. you did. Bay. You did. I yeah. don't know why I question it. Like, <laughs> you got to say Bay. Not a safe That's right. Um, Mickey Bay from the Poly Couple Next Door. Yes. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I'm so glad that you're with me today. We have curated an amazing episode Let's around do it. you, all the things that you do, and you know, all the DMs we have sent back and the voice notes we have yes. sent back and forth. So a plethora. Yes. So we're gonna <laughs> try to get through all these things. And we are gonna start off with a review. Um, and I know y'all probably like, okay, you usually do your review to introduce your guests. This review was actually something I think that was very relevant to today's conversation. So okay. um, this one is from Nivia's Girl, nineteen eighty seven. She says, "Hey Samaya, this is a very informative. This is a very formative show." Um, I did not have a full knowledge of polyamory. I am monogamous and single, but this show has showed me that it's all about communication and vibing with an open and honest person. This show definitely made me rethink relationships as a whole. Thank you so much. Love you. Thank you so much, Nivia. Um, you guys, first of all, I read every single review. Um for multiple reasons. One, because I want to know what y'all are thinking. Um, mm-hmm. And two, because like I'm a real person. So imposter syndrome is very real. And when you are here sharing all your business, all your mistakes and everything else, like just being able to read a review and know that the crazy topics or taboo topics and the things that people are talking crazy to me under those reels is working, you know, like it's going farther. So thank you so much for leaving a review. And even when you guys get personal and share parts of your own stories and the things that it's making you rethink, like it does not go unnoticed. So if you have not, please make sure you rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to your show. Um, and, you know, like reshare a reel or, you know, help us out, help us out. Um, reach one, teach one. Okay. So. Um, today's episode is all about different variations of polyamory and such, Mm -hmm. but, um, coming from the perspective of Mickey, um, we have an episode that's coming out with her and her partner, but this episode is just for you and I, right? And so the topics are going to range because she is not only a relationship coach, but, Mm -hmm. um, polyamorous as well as asexual. So I thought that that would be a very unique spin on the conversation and why it's so important to have an option of having different ways to relate to your partner because we change. 
Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, um, I hope that this episode um, can give you permission to walk in your truth, whatever that may look like, and at least accept that someone else's truth may just be different than yours, you know? So mm-hmm. let's get into it. Let's go. All right. So we always start the show off with an adult tip of the day. Sometimes it's like a my therapist says or like, oh, here's a life hack. Um, but basically because one day we look up and we're the adults in the room and we're the ones that are expected to like know the stuff or mm-hmm. know the things. Do you know CPR? If I was to pass out right, right. now, I, like, you know, you know it, but it's like, do I really know it? Like, don't make me test it out. Right. Um, so today's adult tip of the day. Is you don't truly know a woman until you've created a safe space for her to thrive in. And I would dare to take that a little farther and to say you don't know anyone until you give them a safe place for them Mm. to thrive in. Um, And I, I think that this was very fitting because a lot of people always ask, how did you get to this point of being polyamorous? Especially like I'm single now, Mm -hmm. but when you're in a relationship and your relationship didn't start off as a polyamorous relationship, the first question I know I've always been asked in the past and everything is just, how did you get here? Like, if you're not creating a safe place for your partner or anyone to thrive in, then they're never going to tell you the truth, whether that's their desires or the things that they aren't satisfied by or the things that they're curious about um, or really just all the versions of them. They can't mm-hmm. even voice that with you. But, you know, I would love to hear I what would you even to add to that safety has to be created in self first. Mm-hmm. And so before I can feel safe with my partner, I have to recognize what safety feels like inside of my body, which so many of us, especially black women, have a hard time feeling safe inside of our bodies for various reasons. And so I I work on providing safety, emotional safety for myself and then extending that to my partner. Mm. And do you think that's more like extending them the opportunity to add to it? Well, if I'm already feeling safe inside of myself, then it's easier for them to create a safe container Mm. because I'm not showing up from a deficit. I'm showing up. Hello. I'm showing up (laughs) already having a layer of safety inside of myself. And so then when I show up to my partner, I'm feeling safe. So they're not having to go that extra effort, right, to try to make me feel safe. Only I can really make myself feel safe. They can assist me in knowing that they are a safe place for me. But if I don't feel safe, I'm not going to feel safe no matter what they do. And that happens all the time in relationships where the person is doing everything they can to try to make a safe space. But if you do not know what safety feels like on the inside of you, it's not going to matter. Absolutely. I love that. I think that, um, I think it also gives space for your partner to be honest about how they feel without you taking it personal or think that they're trying to not agree with you or not accept you or mm-hmm. anything. If you are feeling safe within, then you don't need the validation, mm-hmm. I guess, from them. Exactly. And then they can say, you know, hey, that makes me a little jealous or, hey, that makes me insecure or mm-hmm. I don't like this idea. And you can sit with that and let them feel that without trying to talk them out of it. But exactly. being able to come from a space like I understand that. I can I can feel that. Like, mm-hmm. thank you for at least telling me how you feel about my truth. So now we're working at least with honesty. Right. <laughs> exactly. And I think to that point, 
I think sometimes when we say create a safe space, people think it's saying literally, I'm a safe space. Yeah. And it's it's not that. It's really in actions. Like maybe someone does need to hear you're a safe space. But to your point, if I'm going to bring my vulnerabilities to you, it's about how you're responding to me being my truest vulnerable self. Yeah. And that is going to be what lets me know if you're a safe person for me or not. I mean, and this happens all the time in like, in like just friendships, right? Yeah. You know who you can talk to about your deepest, darkest yeah. versus somebody who's going to run off and tell all your business, right? So it's the same type of thing in relationships. If I try you out and I give you some info and you are not able to take it, then that's going to put a guard up inside of me. Like, oh, okay, well, he's not going to be able or she's not going to be able to handle my full self. Yeah. And that creates um, some, some division in that relationship. Yeah, I agree. All right, go ahead, therapize us a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our next segment is Twitter Talk. Um, Twitter Talk is a segment that we do to pretty much play, pay homage to really the culture, you mm-hmm. know? Um, black Twitter was really everything. We called anything like on the internet from the socials black Twitter. Okay. You know what I mean? Like anytime, whether it's, it's award shows, it's all black Twitter. Yep. And it's not even Twitter anymore. I so know. it's like. <laughs> Black Twitter, the we, culture. We know what you're talking about. Yes, you know exactly what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. That's what it's for. So this is where we talk about um, controversial things or just like more so um, this is my perspective on it or it might get a little messy. You never know. Okay. You never know which way it goes. Okay. Um, oh, sorry, you guys. The last one came from someone's tweet, actually, and his name is Edda Yogi. Ed Andretti. He's a wellness coach. Want to make sure I shout him out. Okay. Um, and then this one comes from Sign My Beauty underscore. I think that's her Twitter name, Talisha Wilson. Um, but it says, I want black women to get comfortable with telling people, you're not doing enough for me. And I want more than you are capable or willing to provide. More times than not, people come into our lives and leave with more than what they had and we're left with nothing. That's dead. That's a boundary issue, though. It is. <laughs> these are the right. these are the facts. I think that um, there is some truth to this statement. And I think that the part that makes people like tense up a little bit is really how you word things. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think I would ever tell anyone. If if I tell you you're not doing enough for me and I say it like this, I'm also saying you're not doing enough and I'm out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The way that you say something I think matters. And I also think that you can present things. And this is coming from a perspective of being a polyamorous lover or being a mm-hmm. non-ethical, whatever, um, non-ethical relationship style or whatever it yep. is. How I position what I need has nothing to do with what you're doing for me. What I need is what I need before you're Period. in the picture when I'm by myself. Yep. And when I choose to engage with you or be, have a partner, you check off certain boxes. You will never check off every box because no human period mm-hmm. can check off every box. Not even a group of, of right. people can check off. Only you mm-hmm. can check off every box, right? So I think it's more so... Um, I would I would never put it in that perspective like you're not doing enough. No, I desire these things and I love that I get these things from you. And the other things that I need, I also want those fulfilled and I'm on I'm figuring out how to fulfill those as well. Well, and she also said, I want more than you're capable of. So you already know what time it is. <laughs> if, if I'm saying I know you're not capable, then yeah. 
No yeah. hard feelings, right? Because, you know, I think it was Iyanla that said, I don't get to choose how someone loves me. I get to see how they love and decide if I'm going to mm-hmm. interact with that. And I think that's a prime example of it. If someone is not, you're deeming them incapable. They're not capable of giving you what you want out of that relationship. Then the onus is really on you not on them. The onus is on the person who's saying I'm not getting enough with you making full acknowledgement that this person, no matter what you do or communicate, is not going to be able to do it for you. I think that, um, I think deciding, Mm -hmm. if you decide that this is not enough, stop asking them for it. That's right. Because otherwise now you're you're, you're badgering them and they're not going to feel better about themselves. Whoever they are is who they are. So if you're not okay with it, decide. Mm -hmm. Am I okay with knowing that you can't give me this or not? Exactly. If you say that you're okay with it, then I'm not saying it should never come up again because how what they can't give you sometimes can make you feel away. And when we talk about safe places, you should be able to be honest about Mm -hmm. that. Like, I wish I could. And let's let's take all the pressure off. Let's just say one of the things I used to love in I in my in a relationship where I had a husband and a boyfriend was that Mm -hmm. I'm a reader. I'm I'm. I'm really a big nerd when it comes to that. Like, pick up a book. I'm not really a TV person, so give me the print. (laughs) And my husband at the time did not like to read, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I had a partner that enjoyed reading. Something as simple as that. Like, he was not capable of giving me that because he doesn't like to read. He likes likes listening Mm -hmm. to audiobooks or whatever. Mm -hmm. So being able to eliminate that continuous conversation also does better for the relationship. I only want you to show up for me in the ways that are authentic for you to show up for me. Yep. And then the ways that you can't, we need to decide, is this a deal breaker or not? And if it's not, you have to accept that this, that's who this person is. It's mm-hmm. not being done to you. They're not, not doing exactly. something for you to hurt you. It's just not authentic not who to who they are. Yeah. You know? And that's not fair to ask them to be somebody they aren't. Yeah. Um, I will say this last line. More times than not, people come into our lives and leave with more than what they had and we're left with nothing. That's absolutely very real. But I would then also mm. still say, where are your boundaries? Like, why did you let them into you I'm a boundary queen. Right? I you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if somebody is, it, I believe in reciprocal energy. Right. So at the point that I feel I'm not getting reciprocal energy, I'm going to stop there. Like before you deplete me. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, if you're putting in more and not getting what you want out of it. So, you know, to me, that last line is really all about being able to enforce your own boundaries with that. Absolutely. And also, you guys, she's coming from a place of wisdom. She got some. (laughs) She got a, a a real relationship under her belt. I do, I do. R- real kids under her belt. You know, Indeed. real real relationship coaching skills yes. under her belt. So please, for the folks, introduce yourself um, to the show and let's get into it. Absolutely. I'm Mickey Bay. I'm a life and relationship coach. I specialize in emotional regulation. I have been married for almost eight years and polyamorous for three and a half. We have three kids, two in college and one toddler. <laughs> Starting out a yes. way over. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I found you from Corio. Okay. Um, yeah. Yes. So I found you from Corio. You were on her show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know who reached out, but at some point we were like, Hey, let's, you know, try to, you know, interact with each other, figure out where we have alignment. I would love mm-hmm. to bring you on the show. And here we are almost a year later. So Damn. very excited to have you. <laughs> um, of course, let's just jump right into it. When did, what did figuring out 
and before we actually, can you define like what asexual means? Because I, I'm going to have, yeah. some, let me give you some questions first that we could just answer them all at the sure. same time. Um, does asexual mean that you don't fuck with orgasms at all? That does it not, mean that no. you used to? Does it mean that you never did? Could it be both? What's your particular one? You know, you know, mm-hmm. all yes, the general I got questions. It, I got it. I got all right. it. So <laughs> let me first say this. I am not an asexuality expert. I can only speak from my experience. Asexuality is a huge spectrum. And what I am is gray sexual and demisexual. So demi just means I need an emotional connection. Like casual sex is like, it it ain't happening. Like I'm not doing that. Okay. Uh, Because it does nothing for me. So I have to have an emotional connection to the person to even like think about having a physical connection with them. Okay. And then the gray sexual means that my attraction as well as my desire ebbs and flows and I cannot control that. So Mm -hmm. there are periods where I might be like, I'm ready to go anytime, any place. And then there might be times where I'm like, I'm out completely a hundred percent. Like I don't want to be touched. I don't want to think about it. I don't, any of that. Okay. So what does that time frame look like? Cause are we talking, because a lot of women and I, and I'm going to ask some more specific questions yeah, just sure. because there are a lot of women that are, and maybe men too, that mm-hmm. are battling with their libido yeah. and they're not sure. Is it the libido? Is it the partner? Mm-hmm. Is this normal? Sure. Like how, how, and then also is this a partner thing? Like I'm with the wrong person or is this a me thing? This is how I am. And so no. trying to figure that out can be really confusing and scary because mm-hmm. in the midst of figuring out your own sexuality, when it's not the 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 general or the norm, right. can sometimes put you in a place where you're violating your own body because we have this thing where it's like, now when you get married, your you your your husband should definitely be getting that pussy. Like right. that's that's the the thing. And that used to be a thing that I lived by because I've just mm-hmm. never been with somebody I didn't want to have sex with. But that might not be a thing that you chose. It just could be like, I'm doing it because I know that you deserve some pussy and I don't want to withhold it from you, but I don't really want to do it. So right. I'm kind of like gifting it to you, I guess. But right. in the midst of that, you're still having sex when your body did not want that. And so now mm-hmm. you're giving yourself and unconsensual experience and Mm -hmm. that can't necessarily be good. So I guess I want to understand what did that look like? Because you do have a child. So how were you, did y'all conceive like, yeah, no, if this, I I was not even aware of my sexuality at that time. And so let me back up to the first part with the libido. (laughs) Okay. So my asexuality is not the same as having like a low libido. Okay. So low libido, you could be any sexuality, right? You can be gay, straight, bi, pan, whatever, right? It doesn't matter. For me, I, when now knowing what I know that I am asexual, when I look back over my sexual history, it has, it has been clear as day now that I, I know that I am asexual. And the reason is because sex is not something that comes to my mind. It is not something. And I figured this out from listening to my girlfriends who are like all day, every day at work thinking about it. I'm like, damn, is this really what y'all are? This is what's happening in people's brains. And I have always been tormented by this. Like Mm. I knew something was not exactly right. Um, as far as my sexuality, I wasn't sure. I was like, well, maybe I'm just gay. Maybe I'm, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know because okay. I, I always had an issue having sex frequently. I had many years of celibacy that I didn't even notice in my twenties. Wow. 
That is not typical, right? Um, Most of my relationships when I was in my 20s and early 30s were long distance. So I had time to prepare my mind for the sex that I was going to have for a weekend or a week, right? right? And then I go back home and I'm back to not having sex until I see my partner again. When I got married and homeboy is tapping me on my shoulder every two, three days. I'm like, oh no, this is, this is not the ghetto. What, this is the ghetto. This is the ghetto. I was you like, oh more Lord. And I am very traditional. Well, I was very traditional when I first got married. Let okay. me say that. Okay. Um, so I was, I definitely grew up with please your man. If he tap you on the shoulder, you roll over that whole thing. And after I had my son, not only was already having these feelings about my sexuality, but I had postpartum really bad for a year and a half. So that first year after we had um, our son, it was rap scene in the basement. Like it was nothing going on. And my husband, I think said we had sex maybe five times that year. I did not notice. So that's the difference between having low libido and being asexual. For me, it did not cross my mind. He had to actually physically like say, are you aware of how long it's been? Let me show you the calendar. Yeah. Yeah, Like I know when the last (laughs) time was and it's been a minute, 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 minute. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So question, how does that. And a lot of these questions are clarifying for, again, for someone that's listening and they're like, okay, I kind of identify with what she's saying. Yeah. Where do you notice when intimacy is not present, though? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And I think now having the awareness that I have had a lot of sex I didn't want to have. Okay. Right. You know, to to your point about uh, being violated, but also wanting to please a partner, mm-hmm. right? Wanting to give that because you love them and you want to yeah. please them in the ways that in in a typical relationship would be present. And I got to a place inside of my marriage where I finally just was like, I can't, I can't, this is not sustainable. And yeah. polyamory for me was a lifeline because I was like, mm-hmm. this is not a reason to give up my good ass man, my good ass marriage and my beautiful ass family because I don't want to have sex. Like, and because I knew it actually didn't feel I, a value not, to you. No. And I just could not make myself like at a yeah. certain point, I was just like, I can't, I can't make myself do this. And luckily I have a partner who is more concerned about me being satisfied in all realms, right? Like he doesn't want me to do something that that I don't want to do. And I'm so grateful for that. It was actually his idea to say, let's just take sex off the table. Okay. Because he did not want me doing anything performative for him or out of obligation. Which is very beautiful because that that you're removing the ego altogether because like just when you don't want to have sex, the first thing that we do is take it personal. Like, is it us or is it me? And and I couldn't even imagine like how you would feel like your body could even be like, sis, why you ain't just doing, I I want to want to please you. I want to want to have sex with you, but I forgot. To want to want it, right? uh, The best way I can describe this is... Do you know that some people don't have internal monologues? What do you mean? Like they can't hear themselves thinking on the oh. inside of themselves. Did you know that? There's some no. people like that. Okay. It's, it's, so, three, it's three voices right now in my okay, head. Like so I'm like, imagine. <laughs> so now you're just now finding out okay. that there are people who do not have those voices in their head. Mm-hmm. And that seems absolutely crazy to you, right? 
Well, for me, that's how I am about sex. Like, I don't have that voice in my head that tells me you're horny, you're, you need to mm. like go hop on it, you need a dick appointment. Like, it, that don't happen for me. <laughs> okay. And I, I really thought like, this is just not for me in this lifetime. That's what I thought. I was okay. just like, this is just not something like I'm okay with. I'm just not going to have a fulfilling sex life. And that's just my lot in life. I got a lot of other blessings and amazing (laughs) life to be grateful for. And if this is just not going to be a part of it, then I'm okay with that. But, um, you know, I just turned 40 and I was like, I'm not okay with that. Like I I want to find what my sex is and I Mm. want to find what is pleasurable to me. And I also want to find something I'm into. Okay. You know, and so it's I'm really in a year of exploration and figuring out what sex looks like for me that may not be the traditional, you know, penetrative, you know, right. or oral type of sex. Um, I but know there are I'm a lot of different. Types oh, there's of, so yes, many. Types, and sure. that's the thing. Like people have you have to open your mind a little bit. Like for me. As a communicator, you could talk to me for about an hour and I would yeah. be like, oh, okay, really smart people. Sapiosexual oh energy. Yes. 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 Like intellect. I love a talker. Exactly. Talk to me. Exactly. Talk, talk to, to me. me. Right. Talk to me. Talk to me. So, yeah, there's a lot of different things that I think can be put in the category of sex for me. Absolutely. And we're going to get into some of that. So you guys make sure we're going to hold on to it. We're, we're going to get to that a little later. I want to know more about, um, I have a couple more questions okay. with this. So with, um, with getting into polyamory, what did that look like for you guys? Because a lot of, like you said, it was a lifeline. So there are different ways that people approach or get into polyamory or figure out that this is the route for them. Yeah. Yours was, the, or at least the beginning of it is, okay, he desires sex, which there's nothing wrong with that. And I do not, this offers an option for it. Right. Mm-hmm. But what has that grown into? And I know that we're going to get into that on, we're going to have an episode where her partner comes as well. So we're going to get into that, but for the basis of the conversation, what is you all's structure for lack of better yeah. words? Like for me as a polyamorous person, I'm more of a main partner poly person. So I will date or I can have multiple partners, but I, only desire at this point to share like lifestyle, home, finances, bank account with one person. Right. And then there are my other partners, but I don't necessarily need everybody to live in the same house and Correct. all of those. And everybody has their different setups. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is you all set up? Okay. So right now we are parallel poly, but we have aspirations of being kitchen table poly. Both of us are very open and would love to have, you know, Meta's come and be a part of the full community. It just has not happened organically as of yet, which we're both fine with because, you know, it's hard to take a seat away from the table once you've right. brought somebody in, right? For so sure. And, let's, we, and before you continue, just can you define like, or give us an example sure. of like parallel poly and, okay, and like so, so that way we just make sure that everybody everybody's is, on the same page. For okay. sure. So parallel poly means he dates and I date separately. So okay. we're not dating together. We're also not co-mingling like our dates and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. he's just having like a regular dating life right. on that side and I'm having a regular dating life like over here. Okay. And then kitchen table poly, like our aspiration is really to have everybody be cool with everybody, come to the house, chill, like be a part of our real community, not necessarily living together, but just like the openness of everyone is welcome. Um, and that just has not happened organically as yeah. of yet. 
Yeah, it's hard to find. It, 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 it is. Yeah, but we aspire to that. And I think both of us are really open to how this can morph in the future. Like, we don't know if one of us will want another spouse one day. Or right yeah. now, we are our only we only want to be nested together and sharing finances and raising kids and all that kind of stuff together because that was already in place before we became poly. Yeah. But if that were to change, if either of us wanted to be nested with someone else, I think it's all on the table. It's all about a conversation and figuring out like what works for us and what works for raising our son at this point. Right. Um, So when it comes to your your expertise in like mood regulation. Mm-hmm. Do you, what is some advice that you have for anyone period when it comes to dating? Because the fact that that's something that you study and something that you do yeah. makes you uniquely qualified to go into something. So against the grain or non-traditional and really brings that level of normalcy to something that's so different. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think that's really the part. A lot of people are like, how do you do this? How do you do this? It's going to be, so ridiculous and so difficult to attach to or make happen if you already weren't communicating well, if you already were full of shit, if you already were manipulative, if you already were talking to somebody crazy, if you already were going below the belt. Like these are things that don't just come up because you're in a polyamorous relationship or someone else was introduced. These are things that skills that you had not honed in before. You know what I'm saying? So if you could talk to even just like that part, like just, or even just like the gratefulness that comes up, like, yo, I'm so glad that we already do this because you've already been into Mm -hmm. emotional regulation, which means you've picked a partner that was already receiving of your communication style, which plays a part in Mm -hmm. the longevity of forever. You know, you know, well, I will say this. Neither of us knew that going in because we got engaged on our first date and married 90 days later. So we basically were like real life 90 day fiance. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't know none of this back then. And neither Mm -hmm. of us were coaches then. I was not into emotional regulation then. Mm -hmm. That came much, much later. And to be quite honest, I started studying emotional regulation because I needed it. Like, Mm -hmm. I was not regulated at all. I could fly off the handle in two seconds. And that was just something I, I started studying for myself because I realized I cannot ride this wave like this. Like I'm going to have to find a homeostasis for my internal environment. And I am very fortunate that he was actually the healthiest partner I've ever had off rip. Okay. So when it comes to communicating, we've always had great communication. We've always been able to talk really openly. And I think that is in part because of how we got together. Like we, we lost so many people getting together how we did. And we only had each other for a number of years. And so I think that really lent to us learning to rely on each other and communicate, you know, even when it's hard. And so when I brought up polyamory to him, I was confident that he wasn't going to like fly off the handle. Right. But at that time, I was not aware of my sexuality. I just knew that I did not want to have sex. <laughs> And I didn't know why at that time I was yeah. actually thinking I was a lesbian. That's what I, that's what <laughs> it just has to be. That, that, it just, that has only, to be for me. It's gotta be it. Right. Cause I was just, and I told him, I was like, I think like, I, this is what I said. I was like, I need a pass to go see if this is it because something ain't right. Something okay. is, something is amiss. Right? How did that go? 
I didn't even date a girl. The first person I dated, <laughs> the first person I dated, I was, I fell head over heels in love with a man. Okay. okay. And I was having sex with him, which was a whole. Girl, when I tell you that it's on this outline, because I was about to say, now, nah, what yeah, happened? It was a, it was mm-hmm. a, yeah, it was a whole thing. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but initially, my idea was I wanted to do it to open up to see if I was a lesbian. Right. And I did end up dating a girl much later, which is how I came to the determination of um, I'm asexual. She brought it up to me. Okay. Because she knew that this was something I was struggling with. I was really honest with her. I was like, look, as you should, I don't know what this is. I'm a try. I'm a t- I like you, but I don't know what this can be. Uh, so if you really to rock, we can rock. And then I was like, yeah, this ain't it either. Okay. So then I was supremely like frustrated because I was like, okay, it's not this, it's not that. What the hell? Yeah. Right. Um, and, and not that either are bad. It's just, I'm not having the experience that I think most people are having when they're having sex I, in general. Gotcha. Right. And so I was really hurt <laughs> that I'm not having this experience. And she brought up to me, uh, I think you might be asexual. And then we went down a rabbit hole on YouTube and I was like, oh my God. I can relate to this. This I is re- like everything yeah. they say. I was like, oh my God, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. Yeah. And it was the biggest like breath of fresh air. Like I really felt like I met myself. You were able to put yourself yes. in a category. We yes. say we don't want to be categorized or no, but labeled, it, it was, but it was yeah. helpful because I think as humans, we want to belong in general, right? Mm-hmm. And so this was so othering to me yeah. that I didn't fit anywhere, that I didn't feel like anybody was having this experience. So to be able to put a label and a name to it, it let me know you are not other. There are many people who are having this experience and you can connect with them, right? And so that was something that was really, really eye-opening for me and and really validating for me that this was not something that I was just experiencing. I think I couldn't imagine, and of course we're going to bring it up on y'all episode, but, (laughs) and I think that's the scary part about polyamory is that like when you're, when you're single before you get into a relationship at all, you have the flexibility of dating. But when you get into polyamory, you're not going to do it right the first time either. You're, you have to go through this period of exploration as Mm -hmm. well. But Mm -hmm. the difference is that you have already have a partner. So someone's feelings are bound to get hurt or like something is going to be difficult, like a difficult pill to swallow. Because could you imagine like, well, of course you could, it's your life. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> on the other end, it's like you telling me that you don't want to have sex and I'm like, okay. And then you're like, okay, I think I'm poly. And then even the, cause, because then you have people that'll use it as a, like, well, you said you didn't want to have sex with me. I thought we were doing this so I could have more of that. Why do you need to go out and date people? And then mm-hmm. you find somebody and then- Wait, you want to have sex with him, but not with me? Like, so now it's like, Mm -hmm. all I can do is tell you what my body is doing. I don't Mm -hmm. know why. And it doesn't mean that this person does or has something that you don't have. This has nothing to do with you. And I still want to tell you the truth. I still want to tell you that I I still don't want to not be married to you. It's still you for me. Yeah. But for some reason, my body sexually does not desire to have sex with you. And yes, I'm having a lot of sex over here. But even then, that probably didn't last if you're asexual mm-hmm. it might have been you know a hot minute like you said mm-hmm. where it's like okay sometimes I want it and then I don't mm-hmm. but having the capacity to 
not take that so personal that you can just hear what someone else is saying and say, okay, that's their story. This has nothing to do with me. Like that takes a lot. That takes a lot. So like, what do you, um, what tools do you attribute you guys like getting through that? Like, or do you think that it's, this is my person. I don't know if I could have done that with anybody else. Like, what do you think? So that's really a Raheem question because, you know, we'll definitely get to that tomorrow. But I would say from my side, I haven't always been as empathetic to him Mm. for the experience that he is having and not because I didn't want to be, but I didn't know to be. This was, we were figuring this out, literally like building a plane and flying it at the same time. And I was 38. I'm 40 now. I was yeah. 38 before I figured this out about myself. Yeah. And so my priority was really to figure out for me. Right. And he expressed to me how difficult it has been for him to have a wife who he knows loves him but does not want to be physical with him and his love language and the way he receives love is through physical touch. Yeah. And so it is an ongoing trial and error for us to find ways to still have intimacy in our relationship that are maybe Mm non-sexual. Right. Um, We, we have tried a number of different things that have helped to still keep that intimate fire burning between us because we're not roommates. He's my husband in every sense of the word, right? You know, he is the father of my child. Like we, we do everything together. He's my best friend. I I have no desire to disrupt what we have going on, but I have to be true to myself first. And to me, what polyamory gave me first and foremost was agency. And I think as a woman, I needed the permission, give myself permission to say, even as a married woman, I still have autonomy and agency over my body. And that was not something that was taught to me. Yeah, that's very new. That's That's very very new. new. And so without polyamory, I don't think I ever would have gotten to that as just a monogamous woman. And I would have been suffering. Yeah, because actually, even with the partner, it actually helps ground you to be sure about where you are. Because when you're single, you think there's no independent variable there. Mm -hmm. And it's like with a partner, you're like, oh, I still feel this way, even though I love you and don't want to be with nobody else. And where do you think you're going? Like, (laughs) like you is my man, my man, my man, my man, my man. man. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, I would love to transition into you guys relating intimately, at least from your perspective, because... um, and this is where the sex tip of the day comes in. Um, the sex tip of the day is to pay homage to um, my career in mm-hmm. sexual education. So I'm a hands-on sexual educator and um, I am a sapiosexual and, and my love language is not physical touch. A lot of people mm-hmm. would assume that it is, but I actually hate being touched mm. unless it's like in an intimate way. So when I let someone touch me, it means a lot. It means I actually feel safe. So when other people, t- I can love them. Mm-hmm. And still don't want someone to touch me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's a weird thing. But once I'm mm-hmm. there, like it's usually pretty right. good. So um, but I have found that being aroused um can mean so many different things. Um, I do have a question for you. Does arousal equate to wetness and like a sexual response from your body, or is it more like internally like mentally I'm more turned on or more like a tantra full body like 
You know, you get the yeah. tingles, like little feels, you know? So what um, no, what does arousal feel like for you? A little You know? She got that. Yeah, I get that. Okay. But, you know, I would say that there are X factors in that happening. Okay. And so it's not just, like, I'll give you an example. You know how you're watching a movie or something and there might be like an explicit sex scene. Okay. My brain goes to, this is unnecessary. Oh. Like, why? This <laughs> we, this is not moving the story along. <laughs> like, to know these details. I don't understand why I'm being subjected to this. <laughs> to these so that does not make clapping. me throb. Okay. Right? Whereas other people could see that and be like, oh, okay. You know, like mm-hmm. it doesn't do that to me. It For me to be turned on... um, there are so many things that have to come together in like perfect harmony and symphony. Okay. And that is the hard thing to explain to a partner because it has nothing to do with how attractive you are. I feel it that. has nothing to do with how attractive I think you are. <laughs> um, it really, cause I have, I mean, my husband is fine. He is okay, fine. He's fine. He's fine. It, it still doesn't equate to that. Yeah. Right. And so, um, it's hard to explain to people, but yes, I can get aroused. Okay. So mm. one of the things I love is BDSM mm-hmm. because a lot of people think that it's a sexual act and it's not. It's mm-hmm. a thing that's not sexual, but more of an exchange of energy, power, and thoughts and mm-hmm. things like that, that in return actually can provide a sexual like stimulus, yes. you know? Um, so I would love to talk about that and how and what other um, maybe unique mm-hmm. avenues you have taken or things that may not be sexual that do feel sexual. So we've talked about talking mm-hmm. um, and things like that, but also um, what you guys have explored or what you have explored, whether that be like tantric practices mm-hmm. um orgasmic breathing, mm-hmm. um, BDSM. I would love yeah. to know like what those avenues look like for you. Yeah. So one of the things that Rahim and I do that is very sensual and beautiful, we like to do co-regulation together. Mm-hmm. And so that looks, it's very similar, like tantric breathing okay. where we might put some music on, dim the lights. I'm putting my legs like on top of his, okay. he's sitting towards me hand on his heart, his hand on my heart, and we breathe together. And it has been, like, we've had sessions with that where we both just end up, like, in complete tears, like, just not even speaking, like, just our energy flowing with each other. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a really, really beautiful experience. And that's one of the things that I, I coach couples on as well, like, how you can build that intimacy that may turn sexual, but it's um, really about connection. Right. When you have that connection point. So that's one thing that we've implemented in our in our relationship that works amazingly for us. Okay. And then he's recently gotten into rope play, which I love. I love rope oh, play. It's a, listen, Tommy. Oh. Look. At- <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy because the first time I saw rope, I'm, and I'm one of those people that's like, I'll try anything three times. Right. Like, <laughs> Not three times. Just, gotta make sure. <laughs> um, and I will. And. The things that I don't understand, I'm more inclined to try mm. because I want to know what is it that is popular for some reason. Like it's right. like crack. I right. know that is it has to be good <laughs> because be good. people you're you either crack or you're not. You know, right, right. So it's it's one of those things. So when I saw it, it was more like a trance. It felt like a meditation, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, 
it's do like it's doing a thing. Like this is a very meditative. I don't know if that's a word. Yeah, Medi- no, meditative experience. Um, and it like almost like calms you. And so I have I have anxiety. So mm-hmm. with that level of anxiety, and I do things that add to it all the time. Like you, you saw how long it took us to get right, there. Like right, right. My, so my life always has a lot of things. So like incorporating things in the bedroom or just in life that can end up turning central, but also help like those, right. like my little quirks is really nice. Um, but it was watching the, watching them tie it. And then also the, the perfectness mm-hmm. of the, like the designs, like I Beautiful. love things being balanced and like the consistency. So yes. it's like, I don't know. It's, it's an art form. For sure. I mean, it's an art form. It's beautiful. Um, the rope that Raheem has is really soft and mm-hmm. feels good on your skin. And it's, for me, I I mean, I have, just like you, you know, we're entrepreneurs. Yeah. We do it all, right? And yeah. it's, a, it's an opportunity for me to just let go. And to yeah. not be in charge, to not know what's happening, to just really trust the process, to trust him yeah. to do that. And that has been really fulfilling for me. Mm. And I would consider that to be like awesome sex. Great right? power exchange. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. then I had my first dom. Mm-mm, big purr, big purr. Yes. And I was like, oh, this is my shit. Yeah. I cannot live without this. Like this is... <laughs> Uh, so how did you how did you find this dom? We need, okay, the, we so, need the details. Okay, by accident. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? I usually usually get on like Bumble or like something okay. mainstream, and I was just like, you know, what? let me see what the Tinder streets are doing, right? Okay. So I hopped on Tinder for one day. What is with everybody with a Tinder story? It's like, oh, I got on. I met them the first day. Met, you know, I have really good. <laughs> I have really good like. App karma. You know what? The universe owes you. So the, <laughs> the, universe, the universe owes me. you. The so universe you should. definitely owes me. But I do have good app karma. I met my first partner. He was the first one okay. um, that I saw on the app. Raheem, my husband, first person I saw on the app. My dog. You two for two. First person. Three, three for, for three. Three for three. Okay. I told you. I'm. Listen. The universe owes you. That's it, Yes. You deserve it. It's clear. I'm like on one and done. Okay. <laughs> So um, he hit me up. He sent me a message and just like real regular message. Didn't say anything about being a dom. Um, I went and met him like the next day, just like a daytime, yeah. whatever. And he told me, you know, he's Polly. He's married. He's been into BDSM for like 15 years. And I was like, say more. <laughs> what? You know what to do. <laughs> so you know what this is. Okay. So he was telling me, you know, he's had, I think about six subs or something like that. And mm-hmm. he was kind of like walking me through it. And I pretty much asked him on the spot, like, so... So what's up? Yeah. Like, I'm I need trying to this see in my life. Like. Yeah. Okay. And so it was really, that was the the beginning of our relationship. Just really, and like the whole contract, everything. Like yeah. he walked me through. He was an excellent dom. And I really enjoyed We got to bring you back for another one to talk about just that. <laughs> just on, that. on the Patreon episode. Yes. Because yes. that one is just yes. all sex. So Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to do yeah. that because yeah. it was so... I mean, like, it, it really is something that I feel like I don't want to live without in I my life. I understand that. So <laughs> the, the, the amount of mental freedom mm. it provided me and, like, really taught me to trust, which I did not realize I had an issue with yeah. pre- previously. And um, that relationship has since turned from him being my dom to he's just my man now. My man. I love my that. Man, my man, so... 
I love that yeah. for you. Yeah, I do too. I love it for me too. So this, <laughs> so on my list, I have BDSM on there. Yeah. I have uh, tantric practices. So you mm-hmm. do two out of two of those. Mm-hmm. My other one, are you a voyeur of any kind? You know what? It doesn't do anything for mm-hmm. me. You I mentioned have... the movie thing. I wasn't sure. <laughs> so no, I am yeah. not a voyeur. I uh, my first partner was really into like sex clubs and group sex mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I would go with him, but I never played. Um, it just doesn't literally live sex does nothing for me. Uh-huh. It, it just it, uh, it, it ain't it's just on my list, girl. It's on my list of things. <laughs> it don't do nothing um, for me. Yet. And I say that because there are so many different ways that even if you are sexual with your partner, like physically or mm-hmm. um, vaginally or whatever, mm-hmm. um it's almost like having one of your senses taken away, mm, you know? And mm-hmm. so the other senses get stronger. And so these are practices that, you know, just even challenging yourself. Like on our Patreon, we have a no orgasm challenge. And then there's like, it's like 30 days and it's other things that are in place. And it's like, try mm, this and try that. Mm-hmm. And what it does is help you to not over lean on this thing. Mm-hmm. So like they're definitely, and I, I, I'm not going to say I'm envious. That's a strong word. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say I, I, I admire the fact that you readily have other, you're always concentrated on other tools. So like you mm-hmm. can't afford to not think about the other ways to point to your life intimately versus if you right. can have sex, it can be so easy to get right. consumed in that. And so you're having the sex, but you're not even fulfilled because you really mm-hmm. need more of these things. And mm-hmm. so for you, you have to swim in something different to make sure you get that fulfillment. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people skip the fulfillment because they can have sex yep. and they don't like a lot of people don't realize you're not. And when you say like things have to come together in perfect harmony, I mm-hmm. do understand that because like I'm a big I only like great sex. Mm-hmm. If it's not great, yeah, I just... It. Yeah, what are we doing? I, I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, if it's not... There are more times than not that it can be great and not be ecstasy. Mm. And I'm a big person for ecstasy. See, now I'm jealous. What the yeah. hell is this ecstasy you experiencing? <laughs> what the hell? See, that's what I'm saying. It's I'm a, missing out on something. I, I do feel like it's a... You know how you feel like you have like multiple personalities? Mm-hmm. Like there is a part of me that has this sense of nothing else exists when I'm in my pleasure, mm. you know? And so being all of me, which is like intellectual and being able to bounce the different sexual parts of me off of another person and they're able to catch it and mm-hmm. commit to it like real quick and really mm-hmm. have like sexual synergy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. On top of the other, like you're not right. a terrible human shit. Right. Like that's ecstasy. But a lot of times it's never both. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's never both. They're either like a shitty person and mm-hmm. then that should be busted. Right. <laughs> Or, you know, right. or, or, you know, or either it's like, it's bomb sex, but you poly, so I really ain't fucking with it. Like, it's so mm-hmm. many different things. Like, me being all of me mm-hmm. and being accepted sexually is very rare. Mm-hmm. Having good sex is not necessarily rare. Have, finding mm-hmm. a good person is not necessarily rare. Finding a good person with great sex that mm-hmm. is okay with the fact that I am polyamorous and really there to support me because I'm all of me, mm-hmm. that is ecstasy. And so that's very, very rare, mm-hmm. you know, um, or either it's short lived because you can have you can be in alignment with all those things. But then time will tell that, OK, we're really on different paths. And so it was only for a small amount of time. Right. So um, it's definitely a difficult thing. But I will say I'm definitely going to reach out to you about your Dom partner, because I really am thinking about um, going through like some formal training mm. because I have a desire. I have a. 
I have a desire like to be trusted. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. have a desire to be trusted. And I think I have a thing for um, being able to see people and it just doesn't bother me. Like whatever mm-hmm. you have going on doesn't bother Like it could be weird and I might make a face or might be mm-hmm. awkward, but like I'm weird and awkward. Like, right. you know, like, like it's okay. It's like, yeah. okay, I get it. Like I, I like the inner workings of people and I think mm-hmm. that people deserve um, to receive that. And so I really would love to put myself in a space of like, coaching people on how to get to where they want to go in life Mm -hmm. through being a dom for Mm -hmm. someone um like almost like a words of affirmation dom like a pleasure dom type thing but Mm -hmm. only for boss ass people like for people that can rarely find somebody that can do what they do like when you're already a boss ass woman it's very difficult to find a dom because it's like my dick bigger than yours exactly so (laughs) you know Uh, but being able to do that for men and women i think finding people that people trust and those people trust me Mm -hmm. it's almost like what i do with the content house Mm -hmm. so like with production like other creators other influencers come to us to do they trust me to to curate their their vision Mm -hmm. and so having people like that come to me like sexually but not sexually really coming to me intellectually and it right. doing something for them sexually yeah that's a thing for me i, I like that yeah, yeah i could totally see it yeah Ooh. yeah i i just think i have different personalities and i really want to be able to like commit to different ones at different mm-hmm. times like just because shit why not yeah why not um before we move on i do not want to know do you masturbate not often it hurts me no judgment, but it well. Let me t- let me, me take you back to why. Right? Okay, like, tell me I why. I if okay, I'll put it to you like this. <laughs> well, if you so, don't like it, of course we no. We it, don't want it, you no, it's not that like. I don't like it. Okay, it, it, the idea doesn't come to me. You want me to text you and remind you? <laughs> I, I'll be like, you know what? <laughs> tell so, Mickey to rub that thing. <laughs> what does? Have you ever had an orgasm? Yes. Okay. Yes. And how does it feel? It feels. So whenever you remember, it does feel good. Yes. Okay. And I can do it in like two minutes flat. (laughs) And I got it down when I do got got it. it. You know what? Because it's not a, it's not a need for me. Orgasm just isn't a need. It is not. It is not. And I get mm. that that sounds. I know. It I don't sound like nothing. I, you know what it is? I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see it within myself. And myself is like, bitch, please. Like, <laughs> pay attention to the conversation. Like, whatever. <laughs> that, that's her story. <laughs> it, it, yeah. And I think that's the thing that really separates me from a sexuality perspective. Mm. Right. It's not that I can't orgasm or that it doesn't feel good. But even the fact that I know that it feels good, it still doesn't it's trigger not a in me. No, I'm, mm. I'm not. I'm not, if I have time alone, I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> that is my orgasm. Yes, that is an <laughs> orgasm for me. I love sleep. I understand. There is nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that at all. My face is more the theatrics, more than anything. I always but, just thinking it for somewhere else. But you know what it is? You do have very sensual energy to you. So it's, it's we're all different. We're, we're all different. different. We're all different. I, I really can't say that enough like we're all different it's mm-hmm. just more so just finding more people and interacting with more people and figuring out oh that's how you work oh, okay i'm like this and that's that's just i mean fine. i have my one of my good friends very very good friend of mine masturbates multiple times a day i feel like are you talking about me <laughs> <laughs> yes i, I, yes, I, I was a little late coming down here the first time because i was like oh hold on let me it's gonna be a long night we gotta work let me rub, rub. I mean, to the point, literally like oh sorry my bad um <laughs> 
probably like a week ago, we were talking and she was talking about the rose, right? And I was like, oh, you know, I have a rose, but it, I was like, it don't work. She was like, what you mean it don't work? What that mean? And I said, <laughs> I said, it didn't do nothing for me. She was like, you're not doing it right. Some may, some may. <laughs> <laughs> Something is not connected. And I was just like, girl, this thing got dust on it. Like, oh, uh-uh. it just, you know, it just doesn't come to my mind. To I do. guess I wonder if after like a tantric session or like one of you guys regulating sessions is not necessarily having sex afterwards, like a thing, or how would it feel to like be at a heightened sense and then go into masturbation, like a mutual masturbation type We've done of, that. Yes. And just wondering like, okay, is this a good time to throw it in there? Because at the end of the day, there are a lot of health benefits to there catching are. that. There oh, are. The anxiety goes down, you know, it feels great. Helps you go to sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of that. Drugs do the same thing too. Little weeds. That's true. That's little, true. That's little true. weeds, but you know, but either. I'm, I'm all for that. It just doesn't come to my mind. I hear you. I you hear you. I'm not trying like, to convince you. It's more for me. I'll, I'll do them for, you know what? I commit to making sure that you have it daily for, for me. Yes. Perfect. I will add more to yes. my masturbation yes, schedule thank for you. you. I got you. you. It's got like you a covered. prayer request. You I got know? you. Like, I'm going to knock you. Thank you. I, I did mine it. and I did Mickey's. Yes, I got thank you. Thank you. Um, so you guys, make sure that you tap into Patreon because we have almost 300 classes, workshops, videos, conversations. And then we're also going to have another conversation. We're going to have you come back. Okay. Okay. And we We'll talk more about this rope and these BDSM, all these things. Um, But there is Just Another Sex Podcast, which is the bonus episode of this show, um, as well as uh, Boats and Hoes, which is a bonus episode of this show. Uh, We do do all kinds of stuff on there. I just get tired of being censored on the internet. And Mm -hmm. so it's like only so much. And then... I go on tangents and different conversations and different sexual things. And I don't want this show. This show is not just another sex podcast. So it comes up, but it always intertwines with other things. So over there, Mm -hmm. it's just more of a get down to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Acting a fool, cutting up a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. So make sure you guys click the link below for that. Um, And before we let you up out of here. Okay. And we have the spiritual tip of the day. And the spiritual tip of the day is similar to the adult tip of the day, where it's like we just want to put um, spirituality, which is such a huge concept, which embodies religion and ancestors Mm -hmm. and all these different things, crystals and, you know, meditating and all this stuff. And, you know, kind of just lifting that ignorant veil that we sometimes have because a lot of people um, judge a lot of spirituality and I think Mm -hmm. it's because we really don't understand what it is and I think that once you get to a certain place and you start diving into your spirituality you start talking different and you start saying things like higher self and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and people are like why are you talking like that or why are you saying it like that but it's like damn once you get there you're like I see why this word is needed and so I think that it's it's really one of my favorite um, segments because we Mm -hmm. just break down little things that people might hear or something that they can go find, like, and then they're able to uncover a little bit more about them and just helping people with their spiritual journey. So a little Mm -hmm. tidbit. So um, today is an astrology um, tip. It's talking about the third house. So, you know, you guys can pull your birth chart um, from cafeastrology.com or time passages, putting in your birthday, time, place that you were birthed. Um, and it pulls all this shit, right? Um, so today we're talking about the houses. So the houses refer to different parts of your life, different categories and whatnot. So the third house is um, communication. So the third house is commonly referred to as the house of communication. In this house, much of the communication is going on between the individual and those he or she holds close. So like brothers, sisters, neighbors. Um, while communication here can be both written and verbal, it also has a conscious quality to it. Um, think about kindred spirits and mental connections. So my 
third house is in Virgo. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. give you guys a little bit of that. Like, I know we don't know each other all the way, but you guys are my podcast friends. And so y'all know when I be doing shit, y'all be like, yes, my hella do that. You mm-hmm. know? So, um, I am, oh no, wait, what am I? I'm a Libra in third house. Ow. Okay. So it's making people, ex- oh, these are people that express ideas gracefully. Mm. Natives with this placement love making new friends and are usually correct with people in their surroundings. When it comes to traveling, they want luxury. In case they're writers, they want to collaborate with someone to work with. They're able to express their ideas in the most accurate manner. They want their relationships with others to be honest, fair, and courteous. <laughs> um, negatives, they are impatient. Mm. My word. <laughs> um, advice, be patient with love and don't rush it into don't rush into any relationship that doesn't feel right. That's real. Um, I can say that that probably has a lot of truth to it. I'm super impatient. Um, and I'm very honest, mm-hmm. I say. Um, but I, it's never intended to hurt. Mm-hmm. I just really don't. I think that it's more hurtful to lie to somebody. Mm-hmm. It, I think it is so much hurt, more hurtful to lie to somebody because they, they're building their truth off of that mm-hmm. because you didn't want to hurt their feelings. It's like you don't have to be rude as shit to tell right. them the truth. Right, right. Um, but that's that. But you guys can look that up to see like how you communicate. It gives you an idea of how you communicate. And what I notice is that like Libra is an air sign. And I definitely communicate like that because I can tell you something that's disrespectful as fuck. And it'd be like, that was so nice though. Right. Because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And so um, I could see that. Not wanting to really pick a side. It's like, I want to tell mm-hmm. you, but I'm not trying to be hurtful right. with it. Um, and then we talked about yours because you're mm-hmm. a Capricorn rising. So if we mm-hmm. account that makes you a Pisces um, in your third house, okay. um, which is like older, way more mature. It's the last sign of the Zodiac. So mm-hmm. it would be um, the oldest, most mature. And I think that that probably shows up because one, look at your career field now mm-hmm. and also like what your relationship represents. You know, polyamorous is one of the most, you cannot be poly or have a non-ethical um or have an ethical non-monogamous relationship mm-hmm. without communication. Mm-hmm. You just, you can't. And so um, your chart says that you are very mature in that area. Hey. So love that for you. Yes. Um, well, of course, thank you so much for coming on um, today. I'm just so glad that we had a chance to talk and mm-hmm. I'm excited to just meet new people in this community. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for you telling your story because I think that the one thing that people deserve to feel is is sexually accepted. Mm-hmm. You know, like we already want to be accepted anyway, but most of us don't even accept ourselves sexually. So just to, and, and we're still figuring it out. So much is still so new. It's so much right. that women are just not even being allowed to talk about. And like, we're really getting out there and, and owning our truth. And so you telling your truth, even though it might be different or unique, okay. is someone else's truth. And that can yeah. really make them feel seen or give them the answers so they can stop trying to force themselves. So um, I definitely want to just give you your flowers for that because it's just it's really needed mm-hmm. and you know I love the fact that you were just really swimming in finding the the right thing for you mm-hmm. you know so um please let everybody know where they can find you and how we can support you yeah. and yeah well thank you so much and that is why I am so open about this because if there is even one person who sees my story and it resonates with them that's enough for me So I appreciate the opportunity to share my story and to hopefully inspire people to go on their own journey 
to find what sex is for them and what their sexuality is, because mm-hmm. it may not be what you're thinking. Uh, but you can find me at Get Mickey Bay on all platforms. My website is GetMickeyBay.com. And then I am one half of The Poly Couple Next Door. You can find us at The Poly Couple Next Door on IG, as well as our website is The Poly Couple Next Door. Okay. And you guys look out because they are doing a joint episode. So yes. we will get to talk to both of you guys mm-hmm. and, you know, see your fine man, hey. you know, for the folks so y'all can see the <laughs> proof. Okay. Um, and so I'm super excited about that conversation as well. So um, I will link everything below so you guys have the correct spelling. Um, please make sure that you rate and review the show. Please make sure that you subscribe to Patreon. Um, you can even just do a donation tour um, tier. And um, it is the way that you support me and us in this show. It costs absolutely nothing for you guys to intake the information, be entertained. Mm-hmm. So if you can support whether that be by sharing a reel rating or reviewing uh, subscribing to the patreon you get something for it um we have so much bonus content that's coming out this exposition of the day we have um new guests for just another sex podcast the bonus show boats and hoes and just we're really updating all of the content that has been there all of the master classes and everything so um i'm really excited and thank you guys so much for tuning in and please make sure that you catch us next week Bye. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. Thank you for keeping an open mind and joining me in creating a safe place for others to share their truth. Make sure that you're following Not Just Another Sex Podcast wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. But also, if you want to keep the conversation going, make sure that you follow us on Instagram, Not Just Another Sex Pod, as well as sexual.essentials. Don't forget to sign up to my Patreon. The link is in the description of this episode. Not only do you get access to my personal life through my close friends and things like that, but I also have almost 300 classes, workshops, private group chats, hands-on demonstrations, interviews, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want more from me, then that's absolutely where you need to be. If you would like to support this podcast, make sure that you rate and review and make sure that you share this episode with your family and friends. I'll see you next week.